our planet is our home and she needs healing. This is the time to act to prove that we care. Let us come together as one consciousness and bring up in our hearts the most beautiful and most powerful feeling known to humanity, the emotion of love. Together we can revive our beautiful blue planet, ensuring that she thrives for future generations. By collectively connecting with universal love, we can rise our own in the planet's vibration and aid in its healing. Join the One Million Meditators Global Movement today. Welcome everybody and thank you so much for joining us here today on One Million Meditators. My name is Tara and I've got my very special guest, Raven Elise. Um, she seems to have disappeared. <laughs> Raven, are you there still? Let me see. Okay, here we go. Yes. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. Thank you so much for being here today. Raven's been a past guest before, but she is back and I'm so excited to have her here. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Yes, we are. We always do, my friend. Always we do. All, we always do. So for those of you that don't know Raven, I'm just going to take a moment and introduce her. Um, she is a mystic, a teacher, and a healer who works with clients that are striving to reset and align their path, purpose, and power. Raven's profound abilities uh, to help create psychological clarity and energetic balancing result in major breakthroughs in her clients' lives. And um, today we're going to talk a little bit about archetypes, but you know, I I thought it would be fun if we did like a little card pull here in the beginning, like a little message for the collective. Yeah, yeah, would yeah. You... That would, I would be honored. And if if there's anybody on right now, I think I shared it on my page, hopefully. Um, and I just want to say it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much, Tara, for inviting me back. Um, I, I'm just grateful for the invitation. And hopefully some of the knowledge and information that comes through today will be helpful to somebody out there that's that's needing this. So um, I have my, actually my shaman's dream oracle. So if there's anybody that's on here quick enough to raise their hand and want a quick message, um, we can do that for them. And this will be for the collective, just anybody that's watching this now or in the future, this message is for you. And goes hand in hand with what we're talking about today with the archetypes and the collective archetypes that all of us are moving through and healing through and being challenged with in this day and age. I love it. So for the collective, which is, is so, so on point, this, we got the galactic mushroom. Okay. And it's the divine matrix. And what this card talks about is how essentially we are all connected at the root. We're all connected. Um, as I posted on one of my, um, 
on my Facebook page from the soul up, regardless of, you know, whatever your geographic location is, your financial circumstances are, um, you know, you take all of those things away and at the root of it, we are all connected from the soul. And so when we work on ourselves, when we um, heal parts of ourselves, this makes a ripple effect underground. And mushrooms, I don't know if you guys know this, are the super highway um, of the system of the, of the earth, essentially. They communicate with each other miles and miles away. This is way beyond you know, the, the concept of the aspens. And they communicate. And they let the other fungus know what's going on. And so um, on an energetic level, that's the same thing that's going on with us. It's like, you know, if someone's not doing great or having a bad day, all of a sudden you get a message from a friend just wanting to check on you. I just felt like something was going on. And it's like, absolutely. There is a strong correlation to what we're feeling intuitively about our friends and our families and ourselves um, that cannot be essentially understood with our modern everyday science that we have. So the galactic mushroom is, is a measure and a reminder for all of us to pay attention as much as we want to think, you know, we are independent. Yes, we're independent, but I think what's really trying to happen and what we're, we're trying to recognize is that we are moving out of my little baby girl, um, moving out of being codependent and learning how to be interdependent because, you know, you go back to the whole concept of uh, a little baby, for example, and if a child that is just newly born, you don't have to wear those pants, if a child does not get any, any physical touch whatsoever, Okay, they will they will die, right? No human touch, right? When a child is first born, they will not they will not survive. And so, as much as we want to think, you know, I've got all of this on my own, I can take care of myself. We need each other, and it's time that we all start reaching out and asking for help and identifying that when we do heal ourselves, we become a better version. And person for ourselves and for this planet. No. Okay, let's talk. To, let's go hang out. I'll be right back. I gotta go give her back to babysitter. Come here. You pick out whatever you want to wear. Perfect. So while Raven just takes a minute to take care of her precious little one, I'll just lead in a little bit about archetypes and. I was first introduced to archetypes uh, maybe five, six years ago, and I found it really fascinating. Um, one of the ones I started studying was was the goddesses, and um, really looking at them and, and the stories that they, uh, where they were derived from and the energy of the different archetypes. And I mean, we don't need to just stick with like goddesses. We can talk about the archetype of, you know, Mother Teresa, for example. And what are those qualities when you think of her that she holds and the power that you can tap into, say, in your meditation practice, if you want to um, use those archetypes and, and use that energy and call in that energy to support you in any area of your life, depending on what. Welcome back. <laughs> ah, ah, 
Well, she's a really good example of one of the archetypes, which is the inner child (laughs) (laughs) that we all have. And, you know, kind of coming back to this concept of the galactic mushroom, when we get older and we become an adult, we think, you know, we're not a child anymore, but there are parts of us that are always going to have a kid like nature and parts of us that may have been wounded or injured when we were a young child. Maybe we didn't receive the support that was needed. And so instead of being able to have like a healthy level of understanding of, you know, interdependence with people, we become codependent or we become um, so self-reliant that um, we strain ourselves emotionally, mentally, psychologically, and we push people away, push situations away, um, because all we see are the screen, the movie that was playing when we were a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so powerful. It is. And you mentioned to me that you had explored um, archetypes in a, a course uh, before. So let's, maybe we can dive into that and parlay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was just, I was just kind of talking about that while you were, you were taking care of your precious little one. And, um, for when I was first introduced to archetypes and, you know, I was just speaking about for, you know, the goddesses was one that we really studied quite a bit. Um, but I was talking about mother Teresa, for example, um, and just really looking at the qualities and the characteristics and the energy that what, what you think of, when you think of that person holds and being able to, you know, call in that energy into your practice, you know, maybe it's not that particular archetype, but depending on maybe where you're at or what you're working on or what you're going through, um, you know, calling upon energies that are, you know, within people or previous mystics and things like that can be really, really powerful. Just, you know, really honing and tapping into that same energy and that vibe. Um, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it is really interesting. And I love how you shared that, you know, how do you invoke something you don't really know, or you never learned, or you didn't have in the first place and Mm -hmm. really great way of, um, activating that type of a frequency or code within your own system. And so, um, maybe you didn't have a great mother and so finding people or even in a movie, right? Characters that mm-hmm. resemble what you would believe to be a mother figure, right? Hold the high qualities and even just meditating on them are simple ways that you can start cultivating um, the, the lighter um, attributes of the archetypes because the archetypes also have, I mean, we all, we all know crappy moms, you know, <laughs> we, we all have friends or we've, you know, had circumstances with our own parents that weren't necessarily the most motherly, or maybe they were overly motherly to the point of smother, smotherly and smothering of us <laughs> that, um, that hindered us in, in certain ways, which kind of goes back into the whole concept of codependency as opposed to interdependency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which is really huge. It's a really huge thing. I think um, 
I have personally been, um, you know, meditating and contemplating on for, you know, the last year, I believe, um, I think it's coming out for all of us archetypally and uh, as a collective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I feel like there is that bit of that aspect too of, you know, we are really all in a very, it's, it's a very unique time, you know, in the planet right now where we're all experiencing something very similar. I mean, obviously it affects people in a different way, but, you know, it's really like the first time in history when you think about it, that we all on the planet are feeling the same types of things. Um, and I, so I find it really um, empowering to be able to call in these different, you know, figures that are empowering and you can sit with. And like you say, if you haven't maybe necessarily cultivated something in your own experience or your own um, energy or frequency that you want to, to bring in, it, it's, it's such a great it's such a really neat tool and you know in the personal development world it's very often when you know people are wanting to up level and and reach different things that they will look to a mentor or somebody as well that has achieved something that they want to do and you know really try to look at what other qualities that they entail what are their behaviors what are their habits and what are the things that they do that have brought them you know, to where they are now. And sometimes when you can't see that in yourself and you can see it with somebody else, you know, it's possible. And so to really like, you know, hone in on those, those qualities that you want to bring out and, and meditate on them, I think is a really powerful way. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, yeah. I mean, why, why we're like the only, you know, species that need something after we're born, you know, horses, they pop out and they can start running around and, um, and, you know, just in general, we are constantly seeking and needing a teacher and we have them all around us. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, if we're aware, cause sometimes teachers, you know, they're the shadows. <laughs> they're the ones that reject and deny in some way, shape or form. And we look at it as, um, you know, something that is a painful experience. And we need those, we need those lessons just as much as we need, you know, the ones that are, that we're striving to, to become. Um, hence why the wellness industry, the coaching industry, and, you know, the mystical industry has seen a massive increase in the number of people that are seeking um, healers, they're seeking mentors, they're seeking alternate routes to make a source of income, which circles me back to, you know, I learned about archetypes through, um, uh, I'm, I'm having a total brain fart. Carolyn Miss. I don't know why I'm having a brain fart. Um, <laughs> never heard of Carolyn Miss. You yes. can leave um, with us. But most people, you know, back, okay, I'm just going to say, we're going to rewind a little bit. When I started getting into, <laughs> getting into woo-woo stuff, I was a young girl and they coined it new age. It was new age stuff. It wasn't, um, uh, the woke or the awakened crowd or the, you know, the crowd that's trying to ascend from 3d to 5d, there's all these new words for it. 
But Carolyn Miss, and maybe some of you guys know this, maybe you don't, but she was the very first medical intuitive out there. Like if you've heard of medical intuition or the medical medium, it's from her. Okay. Let's just give credit where credit's due. And she, she actually met this gentleman by the name of Norm Sheely, who was a, I believe a neurosurgeon and they met at some psychic convention and formed a relationship and he would call her they were on opposite sides of the u.s and he would call her and give her a name of of his patient and then she would essentially close her eyes and read exactly what was wrong with this person what organ what tissue what issue was going wrong with them every single time and so this gave her the confidence to start you know doing readings and sessions on other people and what she discovered through the years was that everybody has archetypes, but every single person on the planet has four of the same archetypes. She believes that we have, I believe, like 12. The four are the ones that we're collectively all working through. And the eight are the ones that that really define what our purpose is, what we're here to heal, what our mission is, and what we're here to, you know, help um, the planet and the human race with. And so those four archetypes are the inner child, the prostitute, the saboteur, and the victim. And I find it very interesting that on a global standpoint, we are all going through, just as you said, Tara, the same thing right now. And so it's almost like, you know, there's always a, a blessing in disguise underneath something traumatic and tragic, like all of us are going through with this um, virus. And it is triggering all four of those archetypes within each and every one of us. Um, and I'm not saying everyone's out prostituting themselves, but the, the question that lies is where is our relationship with source? Where's our relationship with, with God? And where can we find that place of faith within our own inner guidance and, and um, stepping out of seeking answers outside of ourselves, solutions outside of ourselves and finding higher timelines to live, um, higher timelines to love and higher timelines to embrace and express what your purpose is on this planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, it's, it's such a, incredible time to be alive right now and, and to be in this, right? Like life's an adventure and it's meant to be lived. And so I, you know, I just love everything that you're talking about and what you're saying, because, you know, it's, I think one of these, one of the things that I think has been kind of been missing over this last year is there's been so much and so many changes that I think a lot of the collective has gotten stuck in a little bit of a kind of a speed dial mode and to take that time and just recognize like even though it's been still and we've been locked down or whatever you want to call it um you know to really take time and get still and tap into that intuition and even as you're talking about you know medical intuition and decisions that you're making 
really take that time to to listen to yourself, to center yourself, and to really find what speaks to you. You know what I mean? Every, every something is going to be right for everybody, you know, and it might not be the same for you, what it is for me or for the next person, but you know, to allow ourselves to recognize that we do have that power and we do have that ability and we can find those answers within ourselves, but we need to take that time and step back and really sit and listen you know, tap into your meditation practice, whatever that looks like for you. Even we were going to talk a little bit about drumming. I was, you know, that's another really powerful thing um, that you can utilize to get, to get your, you know, your brain waves into the right state. And that's the biggest thing to kind of recognize when we're in like a fight, flight, stress mode, our brain waves are operating like alpha, beta, alpha, beta, you know, it, it's, a, it's in that response state versus when we tap down and we get still and we allow ourselves to, you know, drop into samadhi or a different state, you know, we can access those, you know, delta theta brain waves that really open up our connection and be able to reach those answers, you know, listen, get quiet and listen. Yeah, get quiet and listen, because um, there's so much around us that is, um, we're just being pumped with fear. We're being pumped with um, the, the concept of you don't have any control and you don't have any power over your circumstances. And, you know, to some extent, this is kind of a good thing because I'm sure it's it's making people uncomfortable in their skin. It's making people uncomfortable um, with feeling out of control. And it's a good thing because when you can't find the answers outside of you and no one is giving you what you need, and you're feeling maybe lied or manipulated um, to, <clears throat> the only way that you're gonna find what's best for you um, is, is through you. And hopefully this is a lesson that, you know, we can all start taking the time to meditate, to slow down in that, that process where we can feel, I do have a choice in where and how I want to make money. I do have a choice over my own body. I have a choice in the type of relationships that I want to be around. You know, these archetypes, they have shadow elements and they have, you know, light attributes to them. And so the, the, the good quality of a victim is learning that you're not going to be victimized anymore, right? And allowing yourself to become victorious over something that you felt like you were going to be, you know, your power was going to be taken away mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, right? And the same thing applies. Like, you know, how many times have you sabotaged a good opportunity for um, out of fear that you were going to hurt yourself or get hurt, right? And it's that, it's that point in the relationship or the conversation where you want to run or you want to protect yourself and there's this other part of you that knows and can feel if you sit in it just a little bit longer, you're going to learn something just a little bit more about yourself. And it's that. Oh, I lost your sound. <laughs> can you, do you, did you get yeah, me? We're good now. We're good now. Yeah. Sorry, someone just tried calling. I thought mm -hmm. I hit the do not disturb button. I don't know how that phone phone call just came through, but, um, 
but anyways, it's, 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 it's inside of you, you know, it's inside of you. And I've been using, um, this example. I don't know if, um, anybody's ever seen the movie contact with Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey. It's one of my favorite movies that and what dreams may come. I feel like if you merged those two, that's kind of like, what's really going on. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but there's this point where Matthew McConaughey is a, he's a priest and Jodie Foster is a science-based scientist and she doesn't necessarily believe in religion. She doesn't necessarily believe in spirituality and they're having, there's like kind of this like romantic, you know, tension between the two of them. And they're having this conversation about science and religion. And the whole premise of the, of the movie is her relationship with her father, who was a scientist. And so he always looked up at the stars. And so that's how she kind of formed her career and vocation. And Matthew McConaughey looks at, looks at her and he says, do you love your father? And she's like, oh, without question, I love my father. He's, he did this and that and loved me and blah, 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 blah. And he looks at her and he goes, prove it. Prove it. Prove to me that you love your father. And that is the place that we are really talking about is that internal reality that you cannot prove to anybody that you just know without a shadow of a doubt you need to go. You just know without a shadow of a doubt something isn't right for you. And that's why these archetypes right now um, are so prevalent and important for, I believe, everybody to start addressing. You know, they talk about <clears throat> be the change you wish to see in the world. And if we're wanting to bring heaven onto earth, then we all need to start taking full responsibility for our actions, for our choices, and for our direction and our life and our power. We have the choice to give our power away or the choice to hold it and use it appropriately. Yeah, you know, that is so true. And, um, sometimes we, you know, need something to kind of kick us in the butt and recognize that we need to, to, to be more aware and to, to pay attention and to really like, I think, I feel like this is such an amazing time for change. You know, life is ever like change is constant. It's always happening, but we get so we, you know, as a society, I think we've become comfortable, maybe depending on where you live, it might be different. Um, but, you know, definitely in the Western society, I think we've become a lot more comfortable with our day-to-day -day lives. And as you're saying, like, it's not feeling good and people are you know maybe being triggered and not feeling comfortable in their own skin but that's like your body screaming to listen to me pay attention what's going on you know what what is it in me that's not liking this you know and then sit with it and maybe pull out a journal and and just start writing things down like divide the paper in half and the things that you want to keep and the things that on the other side that you can let go of that you don't feel that serve you, you know, anymore at the place that you're at, at this time in, in, in your existence in this universe, you know? Yeah. And I think that that drops into that, all the fears of the unknown and that, and that's what paralyzes people is they, they're like, well, I would rather have someone tell me what to do and then screw up and make a mistake. Right. What if, fill in the blank happens. Mm -hmm. 
But what if all of these other beautiful opportunities and people and circumstances happen as a result of you saying yes to the unknown? And if there's anything that I feel like we're being challenged <clears throat> to start embracing, it's the unknown. Because this virus, the variants, the blah, blah, blahs are just so shoved down our throats. It's as if nobody wants to make a decision. Nobody wants to um, do something different for fear of, you know, what? dying, you know, losing something. Um, and the bottom line is, is those things are going to happen regardless. They are going to happen. And so what can we do within ourselves to become more secure with who we are and find that our own inner compass? Um, I'm just a huge proponent of, of you know, being self-made of being your own guru. And, you know, I don't know what's best for anybody. Only you do. Only you know what is best for you. If that means staying somewhere, then stay. If you feel like it's best for you to leave and, and try a new career, then do it. But when you start getting into this place of making decisions based off of fear instead of faith, then you start getting into that sabotaging yourself and becoming a victim of your circumstances. And that's a very different way of living your life. Is, is, is life happening to you or is it happening for you? Because for you <clears throat> opens up a whole different plethora of limitless possibilities. To you is pigeonholing yourself into a circumstance and giving all of your power away to everyone and everything else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, and I know I love that you brought that up. We've heard that before. Is life happening for you or is it happening or is it happening to you or is it happening for you? And being able to, to recognize that, you know, it's, it's, it's change is a good thing. It's a positive thing. You know, we can embrace it. And I think that's the hardest thing about it all is when we want to change, we do have to, you know, let go of something, usually shift something, um, you know, open up to be able to open up that space for that new to come in. And, you know, I'm with you, um, you know, courage and fear are, you know, it, it, it's kind of the same thing. It's just, how do you want to channel that energy and courage sounds a lot more empowering than being fearful. And I really feel like that if you trust yourself, you can't go wrong. And if you fall, you'll get back up. And you'll just do it again. And it's, you know, it's like, it goes back to little, the inner child, little kids, you know, just like yours was in here at the beginning. And, you know, when kids start to walk and they fall down, we praise them. We're like, oh, good job. Like, look at what you just did. It doesn't matter that you fall, you get back up, you know? And so remembering that we still have that same power we did back then and falling isn't a bad thing. <laughs> it's okay because then, you know, it also brings in that awareness of, I need to shift this. I don't like it anymore. This isn't working for me, yeah. you know? And like, you know, what is it? Thomas Edison took a thousand times to get the light bulb to work. So if you have an intention and there's something that you want to put your effort and your energy towards, whether it's creation or, you know, you know, on any scale, um, 
it, it's it's recognizing that if you if you keep moving forward to that intention, if it's in aligned with you, it's going to show up and trust that. Yeah. And I, I love how you you talked about that concept of courage, because courage, it doesn't mean that you're fearless. It means you're doing it even when you are afraid. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> like jumping off that cliff can be pretty fearful. <laughs> Yeah. And you're just having faith that when you land in the water that you're good, you know, you're going to be safe and you're going to be protected. Yeah. And allowing ourselves to just drop all of our, she our masks, you know, <laughs> dropping the mask. And I'm not talking about the one that we're supposed to be mandated. I'm talking about the mask that you pretend like everything is okay when you're not, you know, the mask that, and this, this gets into the heart chakra. Like we always show the sunny side of ourselves and we say, you know, oh, we're good. We're moving through it. Everything's okay. <clears throat> when you really want to say, you know what? I'm not great. I'm about to break into tears and I'm just really scared about what's going to happen, mm -hmm. you know, and even just embracing like your own feelings. I feel like that's the first place to start is to acknowledge your own feelings and start <clears throat> claiming them taking full responsibility for the way that you feel because then that jumps back into the whole concept of being codependent as opposed to interdependent. No one is going to make you happy with who you are. You're the only person that is going to change your reality, no matter how you want to label it or play it out. You're the only person that can give you the courage to do the things that you never thought imaginable. It's like, it's like, you know, someone telling you, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're thin, you're beautiful. And all you see in the mirror is ugly and fat. Who's the person that's going to change your mind? It's nobody outside of you. It's you choosing to say, why do I feel ugly? Why do I feel sad? Why do I not feel like I'm capable of doing this on my own or I'm capable of finding a different career or, you know, I think the other thing that happens too is this concept of um, our relationship with God or source or your own spirituality that you have enough faith to believe that your prayers are going to be answered, that your fears, your concerns are being listened to and that they are being supported along the way. But if you're so stuck in a place of being afraid, then you can't look up to see someone's knocking on your door to give you flowers or to give you a job opportunity or to, you know, say exactly what you need to hear in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that you're... Your, your time that all in. Um, and I'm just going to take a moment. I want to say hello. <laughs> I haven't, we've been talking so much to those that have been watching. Please say hello, pop in the comments, let us know where you're joining us from. And um, if you have any questions, ask, ask away. We would love to hear from you. Um, so Raven, do you, um, I, I, I do want to ask you a little bit about this. I know we're, we're talking about archetypes, but I know with, with your, your shamanism and then the practices and how you help people, one of the things that you bring in, and I wanted to touch base on this because we haven't really yet, is, is, is drumming. And um, could you just touch on a little bit about that and what that does in invoking energy when you're wanting to um, really tap into your practice so that you can connect with yourself? Because sometimes I find, you know, 
with meditation, you know, it speaks differently to people. And it's just something that we haven't really talked about here, but it can be a really powerful tool to bring into your practice, you know, even in wanting to invoke like an archetypal type of energy. Um, but I know you're, this is your area of expertise. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, it's a good segue into, you know, how do you calm the mind so you can actually find the answers in the direction that you really need and want to go. And, um, and so dr drumming is a really great resource. You don't need to drum in order to listen to drumming to help you get into a calmer state. But um, it's, it's, you know, we, in yoga, we talk about it as like the monkey mind and the mind is, it wanders. It's trying to solve problems and, you know, we are in a subconscious state basically all of your waking moments as much as you want to think that you are conscious yes we have consciousness but we have about i'm not sure if it's 270 or 70,000 thoughts i can't remember so don't quote me on that but it's a lot it's well over 100,000 thoughts um in one day and 90% of them are the same as they were the day before and the majority of those thoughts are negative and so we're basically living the same groundhog day over and over again. And so when we decide to sit down and we're like, okay, I'm going to meditate. Oftentimes we get um, the emotions and the thoughts that our brain has been thinking over and over again. We're just literally turning our attention to it. So it can be really distracting. And then we get frustrated because we're expecting ourselves to be in a certain state of mind, like just so quickly and so easily. And oftentimes when we when we get into meditation, it's like we're literally allowing ourselves to unravel. You can you can say, unravel your thoughts, your feelings, you know, what you were experiencing emotionally, or maybe what you were shoving down, and now the emotions are, are now starting to come up. And so what drumming can help us do is calm the monkey mind in a way that it, it gives it something to focus on so that the other side of your brain can actually relax and blossom open. And so um, there, is, there was a study done where they found about, I think, 60% of the population does not operate in the alpha brainwave state which is the meditative state. And, um, and that's a pretty, pretty high number of, of people that don't even know what it feels like to essentially be calm. And so what drumming can do when you hear the same do, 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 do over and over again, it gives the brain something to put its attention on so that the right side of your brain, your imagination, which is one of the most important tools that you could have and practice and strengthen, um, it gives it space to open up. And then once that starts to happen, the chemicals start to shift in your brain, which help then relax the body and then relax the mind. So you could just look up any on Spotify or whatever music um, platform that you listen to, just look up shamanic drumming. And you just want to find something that has the same beat over and over again. 
when you have a, a high um, uh, beat that is happening faster, that's where you kind of get into the concept of journeying because the movement, the sound of the movement, it, it's, it's essentially like creating, creating movement for you. So you're being taken essentially somewhere. When you're getting into the slower drumming, lub dub, lub dub, it's a calmer, more feminine, um, relaxing sort of um, sound. Um, and either can be used. It really just depends on um, which you feel is helpful for, t for you. But I would highly recommend trying it at least a couple times, putting on some type of drumming music. And if you see something or you feel something, jot it down after the session. Um, I know we've talked about this before, but oftentimes when people think of meditating, they think they're not supposed to be thinking anything, and that's not the case. It's pretty rare that you don't think of anything. And oftentimes when you're not thinking of something, you're probably not in your body and you're astral traveling and you're <laughs> somewhere else, which is awesome and epic. And you should trust that as well, because what are you really? You know, when it comes down to it, your entire human body is has reproduced itself within 90 days. Every single cell in your entire system is brand new. So that gets into the whole other concept of, you know, these meat suits that we're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, you know, I, I love that you brought that up, Raven, too. I know when I first got into my practice, I was introduced to a study that was done well, probably now 25 years ago at Harvard. And it was really one of the first studies that was ever done where they um, took patients and, and studied them on, you know, meditation and what that did to, you know, them overall right because it's really just like in the last you know 10 years or so that a lot of this information has been really coming out and you're right i think in that study i believe it said back then it was like 50 to eighty thousand thoughts a day and that's like before social media before we had you know phones <laughs> and things were moving so quickly and it's like even though we're having all of these thoughts every day like you're right but we're, you know, we're also only aware like of about 1% of our thoughts, which goes back into how we're operating, you know, out of the subconscious. And even though we're, you know, we're trying to be aware and tap into it, we are really only aware of so many of those thoughts. So the monkey mind is a thing. And, and, you know, you're right when you get into your practice, like your mind wanders, there's, you can get into meditation and you find you're drifting off thinking about your grocery list, or you can fall asleep because you're too tired or you know like you say you kind of lose yourself and, and that's when you know you kind of get into that space or as it was taught to me is that gap between your thoughts you know we have a thought and it's supposed to have a space between the thought and then another thought but we've become so quick moving that it's just one thought to the next to the next to the next that we don't have that space and it's in that space you know, where we can, you know, as you say, really regenerate ourselves and everything within us, our thoughts, our thoughts are digestion too, you know, the body doesn't know the difference between digesting a thought or an apple, it's all digestion. Yeah, so, we, yeah, and that goes back, you know, full circle back into the archetypes, because, you know, your subconscious is formed around from from conception. So whatever's going on here, when you were in utero, with your parents, with your mother, how the relationship was between you and your uh, your mother and your father um, are all 
you're in like a hypnagogic trance, which is what it's called. Um, and you're basically just taking information in and learning what the environment is like. Is it, is it healthy? Is it safe? Um, is it secure? And so whatever you grew up with right up until around age seven or eight is how you view your reality. It's how you view your world. So you're in recording mode. You're literally just recording absolutely everything up until that point. And then you start to live it over and over again. And so when somebody comes up to you and says, hi, can I give you a hug? you know, you're responding from a way of, well, were you loved, you know, up through the ages of, you know, seven? Were you, what was human touch like? Um, was it safe for you to explore and share your emotions? Because oftentimes, um, you know, a caretaker, that's quite an archetype right there in itself. We all turn into this, well, I'm going to help something outside of me, or it's not safe for me to feel because it's too hard for my parents to deal with because they're fighting or one of them's gone and the other's got to take care of all of the kids or I actually don't have, you know, uh, I'm, I've been put in daycare because both of my parents are working. And so I'm getting nurturing from, uh, you know, uh, somebody at the daycare center as opposed to my mother. And so this is how we, we, we begin to then view ourselves. And then maybe we weren't even you know, allowed to feel things. And so this is the first time that you're even getting to acknowledge what it what it's like to feel. And that can be uncomfortable in itself. And so even if you're in meditation, right, you use the example of groceries. So if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, I've got to go do and, you know, pick up some milk and some bread and I've got to do that. Well, just take a moment if that's what you're thinking about and check in with what is going on physiologically. Is it, are you tensing up in that moment? Do you feel any energy in the solar plexus, right? And the solar plexus, the stomach is the, has the most organs that you talked about in all of the chakra system. And it does, it helps us process information. So if you think you're having an argument or you're in an argument with a friend and you're in meditation and you're thinking about them, I'm, I'm pretty guaranteeing to you that you guys are having an, an energetic argument. <laughs> right. Just because you're not talking with them, you're still having communication with them. You're still processing it. You're still, you know, working stuff out <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> energetically. And so um, it's, it's a very entangled thing, but the, the only way that we're really going to come to the answers of what is best for us, whether it's, you know what, don't go grocery shopping, who cares, order it or get some takeout or whatever, because it's just a little bit easier for you. And you can find one five minutes of peace of mind as opposed to 20 minutes at the grocery store. Do that. You know, and I think the ultimate like take home for me in this this conversation for everybody is to do what feels right for you and what what allows you to feel the most relaxed mm -hmm. and i know that's kind of an oxymoron and it doesn't go against you know what's happening right now but that's where you're going to make the most powerful decisions and choices and actions for yourself and for this world and for this planet yeah absolutely and i think the other thing to to think about is like really like feeling into as well when you're wanting to make a decision that's right for you is like you know also what are your beliefs and like you said that goes back into the inner child and sometimes we have certain beliefs that 
we've instilled within us that maybe later on we can take a look at and go, you know, I don't know if that's true for me anymore. And maybe it still is, you know, but to, to do at least question it and at least ask yourself those things and give yourself permission is the biggest thing to, to, to make the best choice for you, whatever that is, whether it's in a relationship or your job or your home or you name it, <laughs> you know, but it's, it, it's, it's the only way we, 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 we are powerful beings. And the more that we come together and we put our intentions and energy together, you know, we can create magic in this world. We can rise the vibration. We can do so much. And we have to remember that we have that within us. You know, it, sometimes it gets a little forgotten. It's very easy to have forgotten. Our media does not support it. They don't support sovereignty. They don't support, um, you know, you trusting yourself. Um, if there's anything I could say about that, it's like, it's all opposite day. <laughs> you know, and I, I want to leave this too. And like, and if, if anybody's ever heard this quote, and I don't know if you and I have even talked about this. Have you ever heard of the quote, millionaires don't follow astrology, billionaires do? Absolutely. J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan, y'all. J.P. P. Morgan, and yet astrology and um, you know meditation and mysticism and magic and manifesting are all looked at and shun shunned upon. But yet, the most profitable and wealthy man on this planet is referring to astrology. And so, if there's anything that I could encourage everybody to look at is your stars, your astrology, what your path and your purpose is, is right underneath your nose. And you are the one that we've all been waiting for. You're the one that we've been waiting to wake up to your gifts and to your abilities. So if anybody's telling you otherwise, and if anyone's trying to manipulate you or coerce you into doing something based out of fear instead of faith, it is something to look at. It's something to meditate on and it's something to go inward and decide whether you agree with it from the soul. Because everything, the archetypes, they're all based on soul decisions. When you do something that goes against your soul, it doesn't feel good. And you are the most important person to feel good and to make yourself feel good. Absolutely. And then that will ripple out, right? It's that healing yourself and then that energy exchange goes out to the collective. Um, I love it. I love everything that you're sharing, Raven. It's all, like we always just have such a great time together and we could go so much deeper, I know, but I want to be mindful of your time. I'll just say hello to Susan, Asiel, and Karen. Thank you for joining us. I know there was others, so please say hello. Um, and of course, if you are catching this on the replay, please hashtag replay. And um, again, let us know where you're joining from. And if it's on the podcast, um, and you could leave one on Apple Pod, a review on Apple Podcasts. We would totally appreciate that. So, do you think it would be fun to maybe end with a, a one more car pull? Do you think we could do sure. that? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. We have to. So, it's always always about the questions that we ask that we get more poignant answers. So, what question should we ask cards to give us um, a more Ooh. direct? Answer? Does anybody have any questions? Post them in the comments. Or we can come up with our own too. Hmm. Hmm. 
What are you feeling, Raven? Um, well, how to heal our archetypes, how to start turning inward. What, what would the collective need to do? Um, guidance around that. So I'm going to say it one more time. Victim, saboteur, prostitute, and inner child. We all have. And if you guys want to leave us a comment, you know, have you in the last three months experienced a trigger around one of those things? Was your job being pressed? You know, are you, are you selling your soul to doing, are you doing what you love? And this is ca causing you to start realizing I'm going to make money in a way that feels good to me. You know, have you been victimized just recently or are you becoming uh, more aware of the fact that you are no longer becoming a victim? Okay, so I'm going to ask Spirit to give us the perfect card to give us guidance for the collective that will help us uh, begin embracing, healing, and moving through our archetypes with ease and grace. <laughs> okay, we got overflow, overwhelm, and plenty. Who's been feeling overwhelmed these days? <laughs> Holy moly. I think all of us have. It says too much overwhelm and plenty. So it says so many good things are headed your way or are already occurring in your life right now. And that's a really good indicator. So, you know, if you're starting to see really beautiful things, you know, take time every single day and every moment as much as you possibly can to embrace and find that gratitude for, you know, that you have money to feed your family, to feed yourself, that you have a house. I was just watching, there was this awesome uh, clip on Instagram. This woman's like, oh my gosh, you guys, I have the coolest thing. And then she takes you into her bathroom and she turns the water on and she's like, I have water. I have clean water. And she shows the <laughs> toilet. I have a toilet that flushes. Oh my gosh. And I have a refrigerator that, you know, holds my food. It's like literally those simple things. Um, abundance is everyone's natural state. So this is a reminder from spirit. You are meant to be abundant. You are meant to, to have everything that your heart desires. Defining what it means, who has it, who gets it, and so forth. Right now, take yourself out of your conditioning. So this is like exact directions here. And look at your life through the eyes of plenty. There is so much beauty and love, opportunities and divine synchronicities destined to support your dreams abound and are lined up for you. So if you're, if there's something that you just heard on this podcast or this interview that is like the second time that you've heard it or it's reminding you, this is an indicator. Synchronicities are always an indicator that spirit is listening and spirit and your angels and your guides are watching you and you've got to pay attention to it. So if you're in a fear-based state, your head is in confusion, you can't hear all of the pieces that spirit's trying to give you to fix the puzzle and to finish the puzzle, so to say. Um, <clears throat> yet it's sometimes difficult to discern it all because you're bombarded with too much information and stimulation, distracting you from the truth that all is well. Oh my gosh, we couldn't have picked a more perfect card. Sometimes all this overflow can be overwhelming and you may find yourself responding with empathy overload. And that is 
a really great point. Um, there's a, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of access consciousness, but they talk about this a lot that you are, you're basically just a receiver. And so when you're picking up information, sometimes it's not yours. And so another thing that you can ask yourself, is this mine? Is this fear mine? Or is this, is this insecurity somebody else's? You know, you walked into a room, you, you're decked out, you've got the best outfit, hair's looking pristine, lipstick, makeup is, is you know, on point. And yet all of a sudden you just, you feel bad about yourself and you're like looking around the room like, what's going on here? <laughs> mm -hmm. I was feeling good about myself five minutes ago. And then all of a sudden I'm starting to question my outfit. I'm starting to question, <laughs> who is this? Whose insecurity is this? And you can just, this is not mine. I'm dropping it, letting it go, cutting that. And you can imagine you're cutting that with a cord. You can cut it off energetically like this. This is what we call cording. People cord into your solar plexus, um, so on and so forth. So empathy overload occurs when you tune into the collective angst, which I think we can all agree there's a lot of collective angst happening right now and fear, which is exactly what we've been talking about this entire uh, interview about impending changes and uncertainties. Holy crap, we can't make this stuff up. <laughs> it's unimaginable. You feel like you're drowning in those emotions. And believe me, my friends, you're not alone. Tara and I know exactly what you're, what you're feeling. We've been there ourselves. Um, I was just there this week. It's time to allow yourself to detach. Bring yourself back to your life. Restore your faith in a power greater than you. And that's ultimately what this is really all about. And I think we kind of touched upon this, is this faith that you're going to be taken care of, that everything's going to be okay, that your children will be taken care of. And, you know, you guys are welcome to friend request me on Facebook, but I posed a question about a week and a half ago. And this is the most comments I've ever had in the history of me being on Facebook. And I asked... Who on my friends list are afraid of death and dying? And you can look on my page right now. I have over 260 comments. It's the most real conversation I have ever had with people. And I've, I've learned so much about other people's stories and how they've gotten to a place of being in acceptance with death and dying. And let's be honest, a lot of people are making decisions based out of fear that they don't want to die. So I, and this card is also trying to encourage you guys all to look at what your relationship with your life is and how embracing death can make you live even more, okay? Um, in this way, you know that you are a conduit for life's blessings and can share them with others, making this perception of overflow profoundly positive. My ooh, ooh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I think you definitely called in your guides today. <laughs> I did. I called them in. And you guys are all, it's so easy. People are like, how do you do that? You just invite them in in the moment. You don't have to know what their names are. You don't have to, to know what they look like. Um, but all you have to do, and I do this all the time with my keys if I lose things. I, and I teach my children, I'm like, all right, ask the angels, where are the keys? Where's your Nintendo? Where's your jacket that you put somewhere, you know? And before you know it, you can feel something insert into your brain or you just start looking around in some random spot. And before you know it, you've discovered what you were looking for. Absolutely. I love it. I love it.
It's so true. I know it's like, you know, how you'll think of like a song sometimes and your brain will be searching for the answer. And then the next thing you know, you know, you'll hop in your car and turn on the radio and that song will start playing. So, you know, and we're always seeking for what we're looking for. Um, you know, so ask good questions. Yeah. Ask yourself good questions. <laughs> for those that are more science-based, questions are like keys. They will unlock doors. I will say that. And then if you start, if you, those of you that are science-based, I encourage you to start looking at your brain as a computer system and that you have programs running. So you need to ask yourself what programs you are agreeing with that are working for you and what upgrades you need to start making. And that goes back into the whole concept of what you were talking about. Tara is embodying, activating a new archetype by um, learning about that frequency, being around that frequency, or imagining, visualizing that frequency, encoding itself within you. And your brain will start seeking the answers that you've been looking for. Yeah. See, it's just that simple. It's so easy. <laughs> like, snap of a finger. There we go. <laughs> we'll give lots of snaps for everybody right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I want to thank you so much. Do you want to just take a moment and let everybody know where they can find you? You've got some amazing communities um, that people could tap into. And um, of course, we'll post this all in the show notes after, but I'll just let you go ahead. Yeah, you can um, you can reach out to yogiraven.com is my website, and there's a, a way to reach out to me there. You can go to yogiraven at yogiraven.com if you want to send me an email. <clears throat> I have basically this last year kind of halted how much uh, work I've been doing with my clients because I've been focusing on my children. But in the next week or so, I'm actually opening myself up for more work with people. So I'm eager, I'm excited, and I'm trusting in the process. Um, I also have a Facebook page called Souls Intuit, S-O-U-L-S, Souls Intuit, I-N-T-U-I-T. Um, where you can gather information, resources, content to help you activate your own intuition and live the superpowered life that you've always imagined. I love it. You're amazing. And this was an amazing conversation that we had today. So I just really want to thank you for your time and your energy. And thank you to everybody that joined in and hopped in the comments. Um, you know, we always appreciate hearing from you as well. So we will be back again next week. Thank you so much, Raven. Is there anything that you wanted to leave us with before you go? I just want to encourage everybody that's listening to this to trust themselves that they're more powerful than they than they realize and that, you know, <clears throat> if it's not today, you can start tomorrow. I am a perfect example of just getting over COVID, being a single parent of 3 um and today is the first day that I have felt emotionally and psychologically, you know, enough to be able to hold the space and be on a call like this. So um, we all have our ups and downs and to, to trust just because you feel down does not mean you're down for the count. And maybe you're just cultivating more power so that you can activate more in your future. Well, and you look fabulous. You look absolutely fabulous. So <laughs> you're calling it in. You're calling it. <laughs> 
All right. And we're going to end that on a positive note. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. We will see you next week. Bye.